Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, Molly, do the intro, please. He's just, he's just crawling to the finish. This guy. Uh, Thursday. Just partying. Just so Friday. Hard this week. Sunday. Just get Let me, me there, just, Molly. Drag me. Put you me know what? Back. Peanut, you just sit back and relax and have a lozenge. I got the intro. We're going to break down Kim Kardashian's new private equity firm on the on the show today. We're going to talk about how, if at all, it might change private company investing. But even more than that, how all the ways that this is absolutely within Kim Kardashian's core competency, this family's core competency, and how really there's no reason it's not going to absolutely crush. Then it's Thursday. Brilliant. We have our guy, Brilliant. Lon Harris, back on for some streaming math. Mm. We're going to we're going to geek out about Tolkien and fantasy series. And then we're going to talk about this ridiculous budget for Rings of Power and figure out exactly how many new prime subscribers Amazon would need to be in the black. And I'm going to speculate a little on whether Amazon has staying power around content. We'll see. Uh, I talked to one of my top seven media moguls in history. Uh, the last two nights playing poker with him. And I won't say who it is, but he gave me some insights that I'll share today. It's a good show. It's going to be a great show. Uh, stick with us. <laughs> Am I here? <laughs> stick with me. I, I, I'm on three hours of sleep for five nights. Stick with us, J. Cal. Stick with us. <laughs> it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great show. This week in startups is brought to you by Open Phone. As a startup founder, a lot of mistakes are easy to roll back, but using your personal cell phone number as your company number isn't one of them. Open Phone makes it easy to get business phone numbers for you and your team right on top of your existing devices. Visit openphone.com slash twist to get 20% off your first six months. Helpware helps you outsource the tasks that slow your team down. From data entry to world-class customer support, Helpware can help make you bionic. Go to helpware.com slash twist to get $1,000 off your first invoice. And Policy Genius. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Options start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. All right, everybody. Uh, we have just been waiting. We've just been sitting on our hands. We've been chewing our fingernails. I cannot believe this story broke. Literally after our little gossip fest yesterday, we mm -hmm. get the huge breaking news that Kim Kardashian is launching a private equity firm called Sky what? Partners, S-K-K-Y, get it? Because Kim Kardashian, to invest in consumer and media brands. She's yeah. in the biz. Yeah. Kim will serve as co-founder and co-managing partner with 16-year Carlisle veteran Jay Sammons, or as I will forever call him, the other guy. <laughs> it's Kim's firm, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> Chris Jenner, Kim's mom, will be a partner at the firm. Kim, of course, uh, an entrepreneur full stop. She founded Skims in 2019, which was valued at $3.2 billion Amazing. after that company raised $240 million. And uh, Sky Partners intends to make controlling and minority investments in, quote, growth-oriented, market-leading consumer and media companies. They'll invest in consumer products, digital e-commerce, consumer media, and entertainment, hospitality, and luxury. I mean, that sounds like core competencies right there of the family. Well, yes, this it's is fascinating. Private. Yeah, it's totally fascinating. Um, Kim is an incredible entrepreneur. If you look at what she's done, um, she is a distribution channel onto herself. The Kardashian name is a distribution channel. And it's really hard to reach those first million consumers, right? If you're building a business, we, we look at this every day, Molly. 
How are you going to get your first 100 customers? How are you get your first 1,000? You know, with Kim Kardashian, or the Car- Kardashians writ large, all of them, um, and I don't know if they're all involved here, or to what extent, I don't know how they divvy up between the sisters and the mom ownership of these projects, or, you know. Right. And there's no but, word about the sisters so far, but the mom is going to be a partner. Great. So, you know, it's obviously Kim's driving this. Kim does something, you know, I think probably tens of thousands of people buy it, you know, the first week, perhaps even hundreds of thousands, depending on the product market fit. So it's not like she can come out of the gate and be like, I don't know, here's a tequila and they sell a million bottles. But I do think if she comes out and says, hey, here's a tequila, she sells tens of thousands of bottles, hundreds of thousands. And that is when you're cranking a brand, Molly. That first couple of cranks is the hardest cranks. Now, when the flywheel mm-hmm. gets going and you've got the hundred restaurants that want to, you know, distribute it and they want the affinity, the affiliation with Kim, and they want to have Kim tweet, here's where you can find my new tequila. I'm just making up an absurd example that's not, not in line with her brand. Obviously, uh, <laughs> tight fitting underwear, makeup, hair products. This is her brand. It is aesthetics. It's female aesthetics. It's beauty. Uh, and um, so, but that's what, I, that's what I would be looking for here is can, how can she crank that first couple of cycles of a CPG brand, a consumer package of goods? And with this Carlisle veteran, when they go buy something, what is a private equity fund trying to do? They're trying to accelerate, you know, really two things the growth, obviously. We all want things to grow. But there's another piece, which is private equity wants to uh, really uh, crank the earnings, the profit. Right. Where does profit go when we are talking to CPG? products ourselves it goes to marketing spend and now you have a mm-hmm. goddess like i mean she is she is athena yeah you know just basically coming down from on high and saying here it is kim tequila or whoever's tequila it is doesn't even have to have her name on it and you've just taken out i don't know probably the first 10 million dollars in marketing spend right. is her is right social and her being so it, this and is then, a brilliant 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 dare i say brilliant brilliant play on her part yeah i mean it really truly is and then even if you are spending on marketing if if this is the family that's advising you name another entity name mm-hmm. another family or even single human being who has a better and mo- more laser sharp understanding of what American consumers want. God help you, right? You may not love the fact that what American consumers want is every single thing the Kardashians are selling, mm. but they do. And you are a fool if you think that that's not what Americans want. Like they understand the American psyche better than maybe almost anyone ever has. And so even if you're spending money on marketing, if she's telling you where to put it, you're winning. Yeah. And in fact, um, a, a group of folks who are in the business, a friend of mine, Gavin uh, Baker, he's the chief investment officer at Atreides, and uh, I'm friendly with Gavin. We have a bunch of mutual friends, and I've hung out with him a couple of times. He's pretty smart. Uh, Dan says, hey, Kim Kardashian posting, you know, about a portfolio company, blah, 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 is incredible value add. We talk about that all the time. It's part of our value add is you and I, w- w- when you invested in sale plan, is but one example, and you and I talk about, hey, here's our thesis of why we invested in sale plan. Well, you know, there's going to be thousands to tens of thousands of people who now in our industry know about it. And then, yep. you know, and I, and I helped you know, helped um, get Uber, you know, on the map, right with my uh, social media following. It's nowhere near this level. But you know, in the market in the investment community is. Mm -hmm. And Gavin Becker says top quartile, easily top decile day one, I'm dead serious. And, um, you know, just this consensus here um, amongst people who are in this industry, 
this is a you know a power move and um yeah good on kim i mean the ambition here uh, is pretty amazing we were kind of goofing off yesterday about being in the cycle mm-hmm. and um you know her and uh, when, when you said who else the only other person that came to mind was trump but he's such a narcissist idiot who is so toxic right that i think there he was a moment it. right there was a moment when he yeah. was a hundred percent one of the right it was like him and the kardashians know what americans want and then unfortunately the ego took over and it got too crazy in there and now it's like it's all about what i want i being trump yeah. but no they still they still get it they still understand how to sell they also still own their social media accounts. So this is the other piece here. This is where you know, we <laughs> look at social booted. media. They didn't get booted. <laughs> I mean, when they, I, I, I did say this on CNBC, I think I said, you know, uh, when, when they, when they took away Trump's social media accounts, it, that was the incineration of a billion dollars a year um, yeah. in value. Now, I don't know that he understands as, as much of a, you know, media savant as also Trump is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he understands or has any ability to build an actual really good brand it's like all this stuff is so schlocky anymore, and not right. thoughtful um but he did build that brand the apprentice he did build did build the trump pudding pudding because now it's just pudding up here uh, there's not you know right like, like a, at some it's, point it's, you gotta be theory. honest about what was and what is yeah. like it's a, it's a theory you know and then yeah. if you look at the people he surrounds himself with like th- there was no th- they didn't um accelerate the brand value whereas i think right. kim has uh, I don't know this exactly, but is Kylie the sister who has the lip gloss that yeah. everybody talks about or the, yeah, the lipstick is the one that she was on the Forbes cover, like as the first self-made billionaire and everybody had Perfect. a fit about it. And it was like, you know what? You do it. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, do listen, it. Beauty, beauty like, is a real they're category. Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a real category. And like a few guys who don't take it seriously. I mean, <laughs> to take it, like, don't take it seriously at your peril. If you're an investor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Says the guy who's on the board of Lashify, cause you're no dummy. Like these people know how to sell it's just a fun but it's been it's been really interesting one i think to see that in the ways in which we're kind of like post kardashian mockery like there are a lot of serious you know money guys out here like you were just saying with this tweet exchange who were like yeah no this is going to absolutely destroy there's also been an interesting um thread about what this means for uh the investing the private the capital markets industry and we should continue, I think, to say that this is private equity that we know of, right? And not VC. But there private was an interesting, equity. it's private equity. Very different. Pri- what, what happens is private equity and venture capital uh, get put into by LPs. So like if you exactly. were talking to the Harvard Endowment, you're talking to Yale. This is private company um, investment. Now, they do it very differently. Private equity looks at very well-established brands and buys a controlling interest typically. And they operate the companies. They roll up their sleeves. They hire operators. So a private equity firm like Kim's new one might have, you know, 40 MBAs sitting over here. They buy this tequila brand that I'm making up. Uh, and uh, then they get to work on it, right? So they, they go in, now they own 51%. They're like, yeah, this is a great marketing department. You're all fired. We're bringing in our marketing people. They'll do a better job. Oh, okay. Yeah, here's a sh- here's supply chain. Great. <laughs> we got a supply chain person. They've done this 20 times. We're going to lower the cost. You know, by 27%, we're going to increase distribution by 50%. That's how we make our money. Whereas VCs, we place bets on management. We go to the board meetings. We try to steer it uh, and try to get it to 10 million, then 100 million, then a billion dollars in revenue. And then the private equity guys try to, like hawks, you know, coming Mm -hmm. in, birds of prey, try to steal them from us. And we try to IPO them. So, but they're they're all under the umbrella of private company 
they're in the same sort of investment category for yes. LPs, which is like it's Correct. risky investment. It's a smaller, it's a private percentage company of their investment. portfolio, private company investment. On the program today is Darina Kulia. She is the founder of OpenPhone. Welcome to the show, Darina. Thank you so much, Jason. Great to be here. You know, I've read the ads a couple of times here. It seems like you're charging too little for this product. It's 10 bucks a month per number. How are you able to do this so affordably? 120 bucks a year, 150 bucks a year per person is nothing. So we are a very self-serve product, which is why uh, many of our competitors offer much more expensive tiers is that they rely on like a customer success rep or someone help you out to Got set it. things up. Uh, we are very self-serve. Now we do have customer su uh, success managers who are amazing. And a lot of our customers are founders and startups. They like things to just work without instructions, without... Yeah, they'll read the manual. They'll watch the videos. They don't want to talk to a human. They just want to set it up and go. And you made the product so simple. Absolutely. That's where the cost savings comes in. You don't have to have a sales team going out there selling it. And you know, the other big thing is that the way we also grow, and I think, it, you know, the way we get a lot of customers is that uh, we have very strong word of mouth and people like tell others about us. And I mean, all of that contributes. Our business model kind of makes sense. It makes sense for us to be able to, to offer it at a very good price. All right, everybody, here's your CTA, the old call to action. Twist listeners, 20% off any plan for your first six months. Just sign up at openphone.com slash twist. And if you got an existing number, no problem. They'll put it right over. Openphone.com slash twist. O-P-E-N-P-H-O-N-E dot -E com slash twist today for 20% off. So what's interesting is like there was uh, somebody asked, um, praying for exits, the VC meme account run by an anonymous VC. Um, on our show twice, yeah. Somebody said, you know, hey, thoughts on these celeb VC partnerships in general. And uh, there was this was just an interesting comment saying venture capital has now reached the public consciousness. And this is just step one of how this industry is about to drastically change. Yeah. No elaboration on this, but I did think it was kind of interesting. And then there were, I've seen some comments on Twitter today that were like, OK, VC is about to become VC and private equity and private company investing about to become a lot higher profile people are going to want more transparency than has existed before like you're like you're making a skeptical face you don't <laughs> think this is like the moment this is not a sea change the no. moment everything changed the problem is you know you, you really have to double click uh and look at each individual celebrity because i listen i've been down this road for a decade yeah. uh obviously you know i'm high profile uh, and i've tipped over into you know more uh non-tech awareness of me as an investor so i do get the opportunity to meet celebrities i do get the opportunity to meet people in sports or whatever and um you know i, I and I, i've all, both in terms of they want to become investors or invest alongside with me like in a syndicate kind of format or mm -hmm. they're doing a company and when you start double clicking on it you know the majority of the time over 90 percent the celebrity is not enough to move the needle to make it like a thing yeah yeah kim kardashian is very different uh and, and and in fact trump is so when trump did his spac is it truth social is his paradoxically it's got, is that his it's got platform? truth social is the product the spac has a different name okay so when he which did by the, the way SPAC, is like all falling apart of course but so not enough not enough but in that case it did what his brand was enough to get some number of people to sign up and to get the spac off the ground that's our point here is that the number of celebrities who could even use their celebrity to manifest um a raise ten thousand or a hundred thousand people using a product it, this is rarefied air mm -hmm. and the problem is molly people look at the numbers of followers people look at um you know the what looks like a lot of engagement and then what you have to do is 
you have to look at their comments and you have to look at the clicks and you have to look at the sales. Mr. Beast, Kim Kardashian, Donald Trump, when they do something, people show up in person. When they, you know, Mr. Beast just did his first Mr. Beast Burger. And the first Mr. Beast Burger kind of was hit or miss. Um, they were having other restaurants make the Through burgers. Ghost kitchens, yeah, exactly. Or other restaurants. Other restaurants. So he, yeah. he, he was not ghost kitchens as much as like, hey, you got the local diner here in Boise. You could be the Mr. Beast Burger and you'll deliver them. Mm-hmm. But he did a first store. And I saw uh, Alexis Ohani and our friend um, from 776. Um, and congratulations to Serena on an epic career, his wife. Um, uh, did you see that final game? Oh, my God. I cried. Uh, I, I, like I got a, a little teary-eyed. I, I got a little teary-eyed. Just... It was just so nice to see somebody have a great career, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just to be... It's something about, like, sports where they, they kind of wrap it up. And th- you can see the joy on their face. But for all of us, mm-hmm. it's sadness. But for them, it's like, shit, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Although I did, I will say, I don't know if you watched her uh, interview right after the match. She's like, you never know. She's like, she's like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, you could, you know, probably not. She's probably not going to unretire. But I mean, I think a little flame burns. Well, she's a VC now, too. So she's a VC now, too. And, and so there's somebody who actually could move the needle, I think. Um, maybe not to the level Kim uh, or right. Trump or whoever could. Um, but what I look at is the actual engagement. So when you look at Mr. Beast, I think. 10,000 people showed up for this opening. So Mr. Beast mm-hmm. is the type who can get 10,000 people to show up somewhere. Trump is the type of person who can get 10,000 people to show up for a rally. I believe Serena probably probably falls into that category. We'll find out. Um, yeah. and, and those people could do it, but most celebrities cannot. They, ha- they might have a big following, but there's no alignment with the product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's the really big piece is that their fan base has to align with a product and in some way click. You know, and, and that's what doesn't happen. That's why this is not going to be like the big trend in the future. It's not. It's not. It's going to be one out of a hundred celebrities will be able to I would thread say, this needle. I guess, though, I would say the question is less about whether there's going to be more celebrity partnerships in VC and more about whether there's going to be this greater awareness of VC. Is it going to popularize this? Yeah, you know, you had like some representation in Super Pumped, you had a little more representation of it in We Crashed, like it's it's oh, like good point. in the, I mean, you know, six or seven the years ago, I don't know, the zeitgeist, like whenever it was, I took over Marketplace Tech, 100%. I started with like a week-long series on like, what the hell is VC, right? Complete black box, like nobody right. understood the funding mechanism, now it's like much more yeah, pop I mean, culture. I, I think that's correct, actually, yes, yeah. so I would agree with that, it's in the zeitgeist, uh, in fact, as I said on the show, I'm here in LA, I'm meeting with my reality TV company, there'll be an announcement in a couple of weeks. I mean, people are really excited about this new show I'm doing, and uh, we'll see if it gets on air. The last one didn't, but NBC had uh, famously um, bought the option on it, and uh, that was like five years ago, six years ago, and did make it on air for whatever reasons I won't get into, but my partner on it, or the co- production company, kind of imploded. Um, might be able to do some math there. Uh, but this new company... Um, Turns out has worked with, you know, pretty high level reality stars. I'll leave it at that. Now it's becoming. Um, so yes, it is in the zeitgeist. It is very much in the zeitgeist. You and I talking about VC Sunday School. The number of people making micro funds, uh, rolling yeah. their own rolling funds with AngelList, with Assure, with Carta. So the infrastructure is now built. Um, you know, syndicates, we played our small role, my book. You know, it, it is happening. Um, there is that uh, famous rock and roll band. Ah, what's their name? Not the killers. Anyway, they're VCs as well. I hear that they're legit. There's a rock and roll band that raised like a hundred million dollar fund reportedly. Really? Um, wow. The chain smokers, thank you. The, the chain smokers? 
what are the chain smokers are they rock and roll are they okay so there's an edm uh band called the chain smokers they're nation i thought okay whatever anyway, anyway whatever some band what i've been told is the D- these djs oh. chain smokers i know people who've met with them um uh, that we've we've traded social media you know uh, pleasantries um the chain smokers my understanding is are actually interested in being vcs on the daily so this is the other thing as a celebrity are you actually interested in meeting with you know, you said you're doing eight meetings a week, some weeks, like eight times 40 weeks, kind of your minimum amount of work you need to do to actually find some decent companies. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do three or 400 half hour to hour meetings, write notes, <laughs> debate them with other right. investors on your team? Right. Like it's, it's kind of all encompassing. It's taken over two thirds of your life. Uh, and the other third is obviously doing the show or something to that effect. You're adorable. This show is two thirds of my life, Jason. <laughs> it, oh, the show is two thirds? I thought we're doing yeah, like two oh, hours yeah. a day. Oh, okay. I thought it was, this was two or three hours and the rest went to VC, but okay. Well, I'll have to talk about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that we'll, we'll go through my calendar together. <laughs> I mean, the calendar reviews are a good thing to do um, yeah, yeah. for everybody. So anyway, anyway. I, I think, <laughs> I think most people, you know, it's like, I have a lot of friends who have dabbled in Hollywood. David Sachs made a film. Uh, thank you for smoking. Did very well. He hasn't made a second one. And, David Sachs yeah. made, thank you for smoking. Yeah. yeah Producer. Huh. Yeah. 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 I was, That's I was insane. actually, uh, went to Sundance with him. Uh, when he had it there and uh, we um, did the Sundance thing together. So that was 15 years ago, something crazy. Um, mm. And he also bought the rights to the PayPal story. So mm. Sachs is the rights holder to that. And I think that's going to be made into a series. Um, mm. That's public knowledge. So, uh, But you know, he hasn't done something since because it, it's hard and it doesn't pay well. So we, we, when VCs want to make movies and stuff like that, they're just like, oh my God, this is so painful. And you take 10 years to make a project and we make a prototype or an MVP in 10 weeks. And then VCs are like, and then it, when a celebrity comes to VC, they're like, well, usually when I walk into a room, everything just, you know, everybody fawns over me and, and I don't do any work. I say three lines and I'm out and I get my check. <laughs> then they start doing this and they're like, okay, I got to meet with 30 companies and then meet with the top five, three or four times. And then over two years, get to know them and then make one bet. That's too much work. <laughs> so both parties, right. <laughs> when they go to the other side, are like, ah, here, I'm doing this reality show. If I, if it winds up getting on air, I'm going to have to come down to LA every four months tape for 10 days and it's going to be insanity it's gonna be 12 hour days you know and still do this and still do my day job still be a parent so it's just hard it's hard when you try to do two different disciplines is what i think and some people right. like kim can pull it off serena we'll see, right well, even, know, even yeah. serena we'll if she wants to do it like is Seri- could, could serena be the number one tennis player in the world a mom mm-hmm. and vc you know it's, sometimes things break you know it's, it's only so much what you know, I think uh, is actual is energy very, you can put into a discipline. Yeah. What's probably very, very smart about Kim Kardashian doing this specifically is that it get, that it's not even really, it's not even a split focus. Like it's a, it's actually just a new avenue to continue doing what she is already crushing probably, in probably the world. Correct. And so it's, yeah. so if you think about it, it's not like trying to combine three, you know, disparate things, being a mom and the number one tennis player and a VC. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm just here building brands. And extracting unbelievable value from them. It's effectively mm. formalizing kind of the same job, which I think is is even more um, of a sign that she's going to kill it, that this this firm is going to kill it. I don't I see think, why it would. Yeah. For her, this is like, okay, I put my name on this. There's people who are private ec- equity experts. I don't need to learn that business, reinvent it from, you know, zero. Like you coming here, right? Like you do have a support system around you, you know, and you can ask questions. And so you, you could start on 
you know, arguably second or third base, and then you just find the company and close the deal. Mm-hmm. So she'll have that ability, right? And they can bring her in strategically, like, okay, we vetted this enough that we can bring Kim in and have them meet the founders of this company and start collaborating, or we didn't vet this enough. This is, you know, or, or this is not really what it seems to be. Let's not waste Kim's time with it, right? So that's good. And so in, in that way, I think you're exactly right, Molly. This is a, a new venue for her. It's a new platform, but she doesn't have to create the platform. Whereas everything else she's right. built in her life, she has to, sheer, through sheer force of will and her own personality, manifest keeping up with the Kardashians, skims. Like she had to manifest those things, build them from zero, zero to one. Here, mm-hmm. it's one day one. And she just gets to leverage it, which is exactly correct. Very, very good point, Molly. We have Lon Harris coming up next on This Week in Streaming. And he is so locked in and stoked on the deep, deep Tolkien knowledge. We're going to talk about uh, House of the Dragon and the Lord of the Rings series and just geek out on TV for a little bit. I'll give my one word reviews. I have strong feelings. You hear me say this all the time, but you know it's true. Time is money, and money helps keep your startup alive. So that's why you need to check out Helpware. Helpware calls itself people as a service. Basically, they help you outsource the tasks that are slowing your company down. From mundane things like data entry to more complex tasks like world-class customer support and AI operations. Here's an example. Imagine you're a product-focused startup executive and your schedule is perfectly optimized at the start of your day. Your tasks are schedules, meetings are booked, Zoom links are sent, and all you have to do is show up and focus on what matters most, the product. This is possible with a Helpware Scheduling Assistant. And Helpware is a worldwide operation. They have 13 global locations and cover 26 languages. Bottom line, you're going to save a ton of time and become bionic with Helpware. Go to helpware.com slash twist to get $1,000 off your first invoice. What a generous offer. That's right. H-E-L-P-W-A-R-E dot com slash twist for $1,000 off. All right, everybody. Yeah, recovery week <laughs> continues. <laughs> I got the afterburners on. Can we get you some Pedialyte over there or something? I, I think I need an IV. I got back from Burning <laughs> Man, Lottie Dottie. It's Thursday. My guy, Lon Harris, is here. Twitter.com slash Lons. Follow him. We'll play Stump the Lawn later. Um, you know, I had a big burn uh, and, you know, two sunrise burn out of three nights. I, I'm sleeping three hours, three hours a night, basically. Came back, had to hop on a flight, had 24 hours at home to host my poker game at the final code conference give a nice um i gave a nice toast to uh, my friend sky dayton and my friend brooke hammerling give a nice toast to uh, kara swisher who's retiring from the code conference oh the code conference may continue they just need an impresario hmm. 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 maybe even a duo hmm. maybe even a duo molly <laughs> like to you know to keep it going but i don't know you know anyway anyway the guy bank off about my last company's running it um and no announcements yet uh, but they're looking for an impresario, I think, because uh, Kara Swish is moving on uh, to her next adventure. Yeah. <coughs> anyway. I wrote about this this morning. Bob Iger calls. spoke there. Uh, Bob I, spoke. I wrote, that's, in, that's in today's Inside Streaming. Look yeah, so that. Bob was here. He said uh, Twitter, that they, when they looked at buying Twitter famously, you know, uh, Molly, Disney was going to buy Twitter. Um, Jack was, I think, on the board of Twitter. And then they woke up at one point and realized, oh, I'm sorry, do we want to host the most vitriolic, putrid, yeah, absolutely horrific discussions in all the world to create more joy at Disneyland with these wonderful characters and be associated with that. What it the fuck are we great. doing? It's not, yeah, a, not an a, obvious well, synergy right there. Not an obvious brand synergy. I mean, what, what do they think is going to happen to Daffy Duck on Twitter? Oh, <laughs> He's going to get brigaded. Daffy's Warner Brothers. Donald, what do they think is going to happen to Donald Duck? He's going to get brigaded day one. 
Minnie. Yeah, no, it's the violence towards Minnie on Twitter would be, you know, uh, un- unbearable. Impossible I mean, we already see it. That's like all of the Twitter arguments that are already happening. She Hulk twerking set them off for nine days. That's I gotta say, property. I like legitimately this morning was thinking about how Twitter is really genuinely a net negative for our society. Like who, horrible, who have we, horrible. who have oh we even Without become? Uh, because I, you know, I, whatever I spent an hour looking at tweets this morning about the queen and then was like, you know what? People are actually irredeemable. God's, God's like humans truth. might be irredeemable. And Twitter is just the vector for it. Like who are people that it's just like, you know what? I'm going to go on this public forum and just be like the worst, the worst. Yeah, I think that's kind of how you win the because game. Because I feel like it. And that's how is how I will win. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, we suck. We suck. It's weird because it's like there's the there's the troll. There's the people who oh, I get to be anonymous. This is I'm going to let my uh, unfurled id like no, there's no checks on me. I can say whatever I want to whoever I want. Yeah, there's classic obviously internet those message board. Behavior. There's obviously right. those people. But I feel like it brings out a side of all of us that is also yes. bad. Like not everybody is that bad. We're not all trolls, but everybody like. I feel like almost every comment I get back on Twitter is like basically a version of here's why you shouldn't have tweeted this. Like, here's why this is a bad tweet. And it's like, you could just move on with your life. You don't need to come and criticize everything I say. You could just, and that it brings that out of us. We are, we're, we all get like that when we're on there. You read a tweet and you're like, this guy's an idiot. And it's, I got I have a new tagline. It's true. Twitter. Bring your worst self. <laughs> it is. It brings it out is. the worst bring in your all. Self. I really believe it that. It genuinely I, I is. I really believe that. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are like, bring your whole self. Bring your yeah. worst self. Bring your <laughs> we worst make self. make a fake Twitter and it, commercial. And it's <laughs> because I love it. Disney. Live I like recognize this. that that's true, but I'm, I'm on there all day. I'm obsessed with it. I can't, like, I couldn't, I, I, I don't even remember the last day I didn't tweet, like, at all. Where I didn't check Twitter or look at Twitter or tweet something. Maybe yeah. if I was on vacation or something. That's it. Twitter. The most loathsome place on earth. Brought to you by Disney. The worst worst place you can't stop going. Twitter. Do you want to be mad? (laughs) Twitter. Where dreams come to die. Right. (laughs) Let's get get pissed together about everything. All right. Let's get happy about things. Let's get happy about things. It seems like. I'm just going to apologize to the audience that my voice is still not anywhere near acceptable. Nor but is I have, it going to be any time in the near future. I'm going to Lady seem. Gaga tonight. Because uh, yeah. my, 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 my pal, my pal Gaga. Gaga. Uh, Gaga um, is going to be uh, tearing up. Steph. You call us uh, Steph as you call her. Uh, you know, that was actually a little. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga. Stephanie? Lady. Stephanie. Steph. I mean, like, I think she, she does go by everything. Um, in, yeah. yeah. So if you uh, want, I saw that documentary in there. People do definitely call her like Steph. Steph. Yeah, yeah, she's no, no. Not, I, I met her. Doesn't have that I've met her a couple times. And, yeah, they're she's not a that cool tight. person. They're not that tight. Yeah. I, I'm not. No, yeah, not yet. But not um, first names, first names. So, uh, yeah, this is like two days of hosting the poker on top of three days of Burning Man. Gaga tonight, and then this will be Recovery Weekend. I promise you, it'll be minty uh, and honey from this point forward for myself. I'm guaranteeing it. I will. I will get back on track. You're you're sure you're shining bright from the playa. So what else can we ask? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Have you been? Have you burned? No one believes no, you. No, Lon has no. not burned officially. That's the. It, I, I, it honestly sounds like the worst. The worst place in the world to me. Like I, I'm not. Oh, I'm not judging that anybody. Twitter. I'm not doing right. I'm not judging right. like physically. Touché. The worst place in the physical world. Uh, oh. I'm not judging anybody. Like I'm not trying to be pejorative. Like it's bad if you go. Like I'm glad people go and love it. And I love when LA clears out. So like it's great. 
I just, for me personally and what I'm like as a person, it sounds like I would be miserable. I don't think I would like well, it. You don't like the dust and the cold and the heat? Just standing around in the heat and the dust and you're, out, you're outdoors 12, 14 hours a day and people are just like running around. So like all it's, a little, it's a little chaos. It's a little chaotic. And chaos and you're getting lost. Pretty and beautiful. It's like exhausting <laughs> and who's got the water and. Oh, I didn't bring that. Forgot my flashlight. I, 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 I'm good. I'm 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 fine here yeah. in the city. I didn't okay. trade my body for some ice. Like it's exactly. It's just tiring. No. Um, okay. I'm, like, I'm aware I'm I could wander off into <laughs> the wild <laughs> and just disappear. Like the candle. Somebody got Mad Max. Is that It feels like Mad Max. I can look at him just like, ugh. No. All right. There is a anyway. there is a barter system. Let's That's talk not about how TV. It works. Let's talk about TV. <laughs> I don't okay. know, man. I looked at the agenda. Okay. Go. Let's talk about streaming. House of the Dragon and Rings of Power are both a couple episodes in. And mm. Mm. from the, the kind of business and streaming perspective here, it seems like both of them are turning out to be winners. They're pulling in numbers <laughs> close to commensurate with their budgets. Does that seem to be the case, Lon? <laughs> uh, I mean, as best we can tell. With, with, with Rings of Power, we are really like at the, we're at Amazon's mercy. Like whatever they want to tell us about how it's doing, we're like, okay. But but they seem very happy with it. So whatever metrics they're looking at, whatever numbers they're looking at, it seems like they're happy. It's we already know it's coming back for a season two. And I feel like they're probably primarily looking at engagement, buzz, mentions, conversation. And by those metrics, obviously, it's doing great. There's been a ton of discussion, not all of it positive, but it's, right. it's certainly been driving a lot of engagement and discussion and discourse online which is drawing all this attention toward prime video so I, I can't imagine they're upset with how it's been going so far i think it would have been much more like a wheel of time scenario would have been more of a concern where it kind of came and went and it doesn't really feel like it made that big of an impact on the culture mm -hmm. and i'd be like that would have been more of the concern and it doesn't look like that's going to happen this time are there like is it hitting in the the meme land i mean are there gifts like i haven't really been i haven't wanted to look it up too much online because there was the whole like review bombing drama and the this right. and that and you know i think we're still Quick, very can much somebody explain what review bombing happened yeah. i did see that go by and they turned off reviews but where were these reviews occurring because I, I, I to the best of my ability well, there's, there's, there's no there's longer reviews, reviews on netflix or amazon prime it's Amazon, it's Amazon and then Rotten Tomatoes are the two areas we were talking about. And so both of them are being review bombed. We think review bombing as a term, it just means as opposed to one person coming and leaving one review that's positive or negative, a person who may or may not even have seen the show with some kind of pre-informed agenda is going to come in and leave like 10 one star reviews to drive the metrics down. That's the right. idea. It's so just like, it's brigading. Come, it's brigading. If I come it's into the reviews and I write, I don't like this show, it's bad, one star. That's not review bombing. That's just me writing a negative review. But if I go do that 10 times, this show's bad. Orcs shouldn't be like that. This, uh, you know, and, and one star every time, especially if I haven't seen it. Then it's considered a campaign designed to drive down the numbers on this show. So Amazon said that's what was happening on Prime Video. So they turned off reviewing only for three days and said they wanted to set up a moderation system to ensure that these were legit reviews and not spam or trolling. But it's it nonetheless communicated the idea that they're censoring they're you know, oh, they're censoring the review. We're not allowed to speak. I've been silenced about my views on why hobbits can't be yeah. uh, other colors. The issue I think is, you know, a lot the, we should have solved the review system. At this point, you should only be able to post a review if you're an Amazon Prime member, and you've watched the show. 
So they should give you the opportunity, like on Audible, you get to review the show after the show, after you've listened to the audiobook, then it prompts you to. Right. Just like and they do with verified sure. purchasers, like, so you have verified viewers would be a much better system here. So you could sort out, you know what I'm saying, Molly? Like, we know, I Disney do. knows that I people do. finish She-Hulk, like, and then they could write the review. So that would get rid of the little... concept of one person doing 10, at least. I mean, yes. Listen, life insurance, so important. And getting it will give peace of mind to not only you, but your family and your loved ones. And they depend on you, right? And you need to have that financial cushion just in case the unthinkable happens. Well, Policy Genius, it's an insurance marketplace. And that means it's easy for you to compare quotes from all the top companies like AIG, Prudential, you know these famous names. But they're all in one place and they're all going to compete for your business. So you can get the lowest price on the best insurance. And you can save 50% or more on life insurance just by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Genius is in the name. This is a genius idea. Options start at just $17 a month, $500,000 in coverage. Hey, maybe you want to add a zero to that. Just click the link in the description here in our show notes, or I just want you to head to policygenius.com to get personalized quotes in minutes and the right policy is there waiting for you and your needs the licensed agents at policy genius work for you not the insurance companies and that's critically important they're here to help you through the entire process they're going to hold your hand and it doesn't add extra fees they don't sell your details to third parties and they've helped listen to this over 30 million people shop for insurance and they've placed over 150 billion dollars in coverage nobody does it better Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. It just seems a little insane that you would have to spend that much CapEx and person hours and whatever to create a system to just like get rid of people who are like mad that hobbits are black. I mean, for God's sake. I honestly, sake. That, wait, wait, hold on a second. Because I, I did yes, watch Lord of the Rings episode one. Mad about. And I, but hold well, on a second. I, <laughs> they're both bad. Hold on. I, there, there's like two ways to go with this, I think. I have like three three directions I I, I want to go with this, and this is the least of the <laughs> the most interesting ones to me. But we, I guess we have to address <laughs> it up top. Uh, once again, are people having a problem with mythical creatures that don't exist in the real world having different skin tones? Yeah, yes, that's the issue. Uh, I mean, this All is right, these people this goes are way back. This goes way back in like Tolkien fandom. It, 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 there's always been, and I'm not saying this is true of J.R.R. the man himself, who seemed to have been a, a pretty wonderful guy, but uh, within his fandom. There's always been this a little bit of a white supremacy thread. Like this is what? the glorious peak of Western. You know when uh, Ben Shapiro's like yeah. Western Judeo Christian. Like yeah. this is that. They had a like, good run. Yeah. Fantasy for the medieval yeah. in, you know European. This was the height of whatever. I and so a lot of people take that weird racist stuff seriously, and and they've decided that a show that's set even in a fanciful, impossible version of medieval Europe should not include people who were not in medieval Europe. But this is stupid for a bunch of reasons. One is, there were people of color in medieval Europe. Yeah, I mean, was it Africa and Europe kind of... Shakespeare memorably wrote a play about one. You may have recalled it. Uh, So that's already... But also, Lord of the Rings includes a lot of new work, like potatoes, tomatoes, tobacco. Trees, Also, yeah, well, right. But I'm saying, like, those are new world products. So if it's set in medieval Europe before they discovered the new world, they don't have tobacco. The Native Americans gave us that. 
So uh, we're already including elements that were, were not already right. anachronisms, if you will. And also, these are not history books. They are, in fact, sweeping fantasy, fantasy borrowed like heavily from memorable. somebody else's sweeping fantasy. Like Everybody loves like, that shot of Denethor in Return of the King eating those tomatoes. You know, he's like really grossly popping those cherry tomatoes in his mouth and crudging the, the goo going everywhere. And you cut between that and the battle. There were no tomatoes in medieval Europe. Those are from the New World. Yeah, I, I'm going to so go black ahead. hobbits are okay. I. This is the problem. I mean, it circles back to our little banter about Twitter, where it everybody does. brings their worst self. It's like, what's the worst thing I can think right now and express? And, I, you know, half of it's trolling and half of it's racism. Anyway, all of it's boring. Well, there's also misogyny. Sorry, I cursed again. Lead, oh, yeah. Don't forget the, lead, the misogyny. The lead character is Galadriel, who Tolkien himself describes as a, basically a god elf. She's the yes. most powerful, greatest elf. In fact, in Lord of the Rings, and this is in the movie. You've got no excuse, folks. In the movie, Lord of the Rings, they're like, would you like the one ring? And she goes, I can't take it. I would be even more powerful than Sauron if I had that ring. Yeah, she trumps so, everybody. She's the most powerful. But being. they still don't so, want her to be the main character. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, it is literally not credible to me at this point that people are out so here dumb. like, there's not racism and sexism in our society when they're literally like, they're taking the time to review like the bomb. Same, She'd be yeah. I mean, just, it's the same She's 1%. Like, it's the same 1% of idiots. I, and they're doing this I, for attention. And we, we shouldn't give it to them. Let's get to, let's just get to, is it a good show or not? I have watched yeah, let's do that. the first episode of Lord of the Rings, what, Rings of Power. I have watched the first three episodes of House of Dragon or House of Dragons? House of, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Because they're tar the Targaryens, their sigil is a dragon. So they're the House of the Dragon. I have not watched the second episode of the Rings of Power. Mm. Um, but I am ready to give Absolutely. my one word reviews. The House of the Dragon is right. my one word review is exceptional. It's exceptional. The show is thrilling. The storytelling is fantastic. Episode three crushed it. They advanced the storyline by a couple of years. The action is extraordinary. It is class A entertainment. It's on par with Game of Thrones, the original series. It will stand right next to it. I believe if it keeps up at this pace, and I think it's only increasing, it's, it is an unbelievably worthy second uh, effort, and it establishes that this is the new Star Wars or Marvel. They can do 20 shows of this. It's not going to get old for people, is my prediction. There is so much story to be told. That is my one word. Exceptional. <laughs> Anybody else have feelings on the House of the Dragon? I'm curious. Then we'll go to. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm with you. I really enjoyed it. I at first I was worried about the these. It's a lot smaller scale. Game of Thrones is like this family's over here, this family's over here, this family's here. And here's all the politics and all the stuff. And this is what's going on the other continent. Like right away, episode one, you're sort of thrown in the deep end. And this one is much more like this one kind of situation that keeps spiraling more out of control. Uh, but I really feel like they've. They've already managed to kind of suck me in. I like that we get to spend more time with each of our characters here because there's just fewer of them. And I agree that that Sapochnik really killed that that episode three battle sequence with the pirates on the beach. Amazing. Uh, with the episode two. This is Molly. I think you know when I look at a series, what the mm -hmm. the the burn is uh, what I look at. Episode one, they established this interesting group of people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a seven and a half out of ten. Episode two. We really started to understand these people and we get to like an eight and a half, nine. And then episode three comes and it's just straight out 10. Episode three is a 10 of 10. And there's no, really? 
it's like smash it like this is incredible it's, it's one of those where and I, watch do, it I watched it twice if i'm being it's honest the, it's yeah. the, it hits the exact game of thrones formula that works it's like a little bit of the, the politicking a little bit of the mystery yeah. what's to come i watched laying it twice. the groundwork and then a huge epic battle 20 minute dragon battle sequence to wrap yeah. it all up so uh, did you get to catch it yet molly or no Oh, you watched I'm the like, first one. Yeah, I'm a hard no thank you on that show. Yeah, I Molly, just, Molly is going to I'm like aside. an emotional chicken. Like, I don't want to see the slaughter and the child brides and the this and the, I don't know. Like, those shows, like no I said, I, I went over this last time. I was like, it's too much for me. Got it. Okay. I have and low, I emo- I have low emotional bandwidth for that that I series mean, in particular. I mean, I read the books. Like, I loved him, whatever. I just, I, that one, I don't know if I can do. The, I mean, the next two episodes have tell no you what, crazy I'll misogyny. Don't they have or, a child? Isn't there a full-on child bride? Oh yeah! Like the, oh no! It is. It is about like sire. You can't marry her. She's but twelve. And he's like, I'll wait to have sex oh, okay. with her until I was, she's fourteen. I was say, that That's like, it. And she's like, don't worry. She's like, don't worry. Like, like, don't worry you won't stuff. have to bed me until I'm fourteen or whatever. Fourteen. Like, yeah, that's there. There's a <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a different era. <laughs> it's not sure. even. That's not even why. Like, they're just. I will. I'll tell you what. I was the violence you objected to. Yeah, yeah. For the purposes of this series or uh-huh. this week in streaming yeah. episodes i will do what i did with the last with game of thrones and i'll read the recap so that i'm up on it because i sort okay. of like to read the recaps and know what's like happening uh, yeah I, I would tell you if i thought it was like over the top but yeah anyway read the recap and then you make your own decision i mean um, i watch a lot of like really violent action movies like i don't yeah. it's, there's okay, just so it's something the i don't know there's something it's just a little those uh, i don't know Liz, i don't um, have to give you hazard brutal. We'll I think, I, like what it's, it, it's interesting we have both of these shows on at the same time because martin kind of intended his world as like the anti, you know, everything in Tolkien is kind of whimsical and fanciful. They're like classic adventure stories. And he was like, what if you had like a fantasy world, but in like our horrible world where everything is random and cruel and brutal and nothing like prophecies don't necessarily come true. And sometimes everybody just gets killed for no reason. And like, so yeah, like Game of Thrones is like, it's this purposefully really like harsh, brutal, merciless kind of world. And I, that's not for everybody. I, I get it. Right. But I will um, read the recaps because I do actually like to do that. So I know what's happening. And then in terms of Lord of the Rings, I watched yes, the please. first episode please, the, and started the second episode. And then one my like, review. Wi-Fi, one word review Wi-Fi. is lovely. Okay. Episode one. Lovely. I, I my think epi- lovely. I'm into unpack, it. Unpack, please. Unpack. What did you like about it? I think, I, I mean, I think like you can see the money in mm-hmm. the production value. I uh, thought that 100%. Galadriel like slaying that big monster was just like a, such a sick fight scene. Yeah. Despite everything else I just <laughs> said, I was like, that was awesome. Yeah. I it think, I mean, I think all the characters at this point feel a little thin because they're brand new and it's the first episode and I'm yeah. fine with that. I think it looks really beautiful and I was surprised at I'm okay with the pacing. I think Lon, you were tweeting about this. The kind of fantasy pacing is like deep fantasy doesn't hustle in storytelling yeah. but i was like okay with that i thought that the this the scenes are really pretty the the world building is great like the people are Lon, pretty i don't know i'm into what's it. your one word one word and then uh, i'm back i mean yeah fantastic would be my my one word. wow uh, I, i'm a big fan I mean, I mean look i as i was saying to bali before we started like i even like those hobbit movies like i'm mm. a sucker for tolkien i read it at a i read lord of the rings and hobbit at a very pivotal eight i was like 14 or something and i loved them and i love those peter jackson movies i've always been into this world so i'm an easy i get that i'm an easy sell but uh yeah i thought it was amazing and, and yeah I, I mean sort of to what molly was saying too so many of these streaming shows they're big budget they look good but they still have that look and i, I really like netflix's sandman but it had this where 
It's yeah. three or four characters in the foreground, and then there's like a big, beautiful animated vista behind them. The Marvel movie, like Thor 11 Thunder, which is on Disney Plus today, is also like this. Like Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth are there in the foreground with their weapons, and then, you know, everything is sort of God City is dropped in behind them. Yeah. And I don't even think like Russell Crowe is not there on the same day as, as uh, you know, Chris yeah. Hemsworth. And, and this doesn't feel like that at all. They yeah. built sets and they put these guys in the forest and they're like run up that mountain and it feels tactile and physical and okay. real in a way that the other shows just don't you can't your eye isn't really fooled we can tell when you're in yes. a burbank the warehouse. mandalorian problem uh so, the book of boba fett good, problem yeah that's such a great observation too and you've made it before but i don't think that it was as clear to me until i watched the lord of the this lord of the ring series the, that sense of because it's true it's like when the background gives you uncanny valley you don't it like I haven't been able to articulate it as well as you just did, but that's exactly it. And this feels really everything just feels really solid and true. Those in actors were all in way. a cave. They were in a cave. There wasn't a troll there, but right. they were all in a cave and they were running around and like that's a real set. Yeah. And you can your eye can tell our, our brains are so good. Our eyes are so well trained. We could mm -hmm. spot it immediately, even with all the special effects they're throwing at it. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that those other shows, like I like Marvel movies. I, I, I like Sandman a lot. It's good. It, and, and it, and we, we praised Kenobi and they were inside the magic box. It, it can be, it can be very good. But, but how much better but you could can it tell have been? The difference. Nothing exactly. matches people That's walking on a real mountain. Mm -hmm. Nothing, um, nothing matches it. I think this is where, um, I think, these big streamers are going to have to really have um, a sit. They're going to have to have a sit and say, do we want to churn this stuff out and, you know, get you your Obi-Wan fast? Do you want it fast or do you want it good? And I think this is a part of the situation here. I, I loved Obi-Wan, but when they did that Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fight scene where it cracks his helmet, as I predicted, uh, and gives him the scar, um, <clears throat> they were on you know, a light box. They're in a box. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. none of us can talk about that set of like stalactites and, you know, they're throwing some rocks and be like, oh yeah, they built that set. Like, no, that is not the right. desert. They did not no, go out to some right desert. Right up the street from me. They were in exactly. Glendale. And, and, and it's hard it, to have like an emotional connect. Cause yeah. you, cause if you grew up reading, I mean, I also grew up reading Tolkien and reading fantasy and just like, there's some kind of depth of feeling that you get. It's almost like yearning, like fantasy makes you, mm hungry like emotionally hungry to be part of that world and have magic and you know it's like this like deep intense feeling and you could actually imagine having that feeling about this show whereas for as much as i enjoyed kenobi like i really did obi-wan loved it i never felt a hundred i'm not thinking about it later no it didn't i didn't you feel that deeply, same yeah. sense of like immersion and kind of like long like i want to be an elf on the in the in the yeah. ven or whatever mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if, if you look at like whatever your greatest films are, they, their ability to take you to that place, like I think about Blade Runner and the practical effects there. I actually like in my crazy Blade Runner fandom, like tried to find a spinner car, tried to find, you know, <laughs> like I was going to buy yeah. one and it was like there were like two left and they had destroyed them all and they were kind of in hiding. Like, but the practical effects of the spinners was they literally had some people in LA who spent a year or two building just the cars of Blade Runner, you know, which really mm -hmm. do set. Uh, and they did those down in downtown LA and some other locations. And you really do get a, a sense of place. And I did get that for the rings of power. Good, good, you know, I, but I'm trying to figure out where the story is going. 
you know, is this about Sauron? You know, and, and it just, if I, I am a little disoriented, if I'm being honest, okay. after one episode. It's, it's mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm I mean, just I disoriented probably... a bit. Like, who are these characters? What is their motivation? It's... There's too many characters in the first episode to for me to like understand what's going on. Which I guess is how some pe people felt during Lord of the Rings who didn't read the book. Right. But yes. I am, I am, I, I have no navigation very, here like, for this it's story. Very like Tom Clancy. Like you read the first chapter and you're just like, I just ingested 150 names and I don't know what it's yeah. about. But by the end, well, you have whittled it down. But this I'm, is just I'm going to give go it a ahead, chance. Lon. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious as to what kind of timeline they're planning on because they are moving very gradually but i think the, the threads are already there that if you know tolkien well enough you could be like i get i get what we're we are it's basically doing what lord of the rings did the the, the previous version a lot of people very confident evil is gone we defeated sauron or morgoth in the last age and now middle earth is free of this dark evil but there are those individuals spread around middle earth who have some other insight and think that perhaps mm. the Dark One is just in hiding, regaining his strength, and is going to return. So we're going to follow all of those people as they eventually come together and become the force that's going to drive Sauron back, at least till the Third Age, when the events of Lord of the Rings happen. Right. Uh, and there was that, did you guys see, have you watched long enough for the meteor to shoot across the sky? Did you? I have not seen episode two. I have not seen okay. episode two. So. Mm. But... Uh, a being arrives from the sky and Whoa. lands in in a town outside where some of those they're they're Harfoots they're called they're the the predecessors to hobbits. Mm. That's probably going to be a centrally important figure who's going to be an important figure in in rounding <gasps> up a lot of these disparate elements from around Middle Earth. Now we do know from Tolkien this is not a spoiler. There are a group. Uh, that, that came from the sky. There's differing opinions about whether this was during the early third age or the second age. Uh, Saruman would have been the first, followed by Gandalf and Radagast, and there were two others. The Einar, the Ishtari, they're sometimes called the wizards. Yeah. And so, Is, that Did I just figure it out? I, like, literally just, as you um, were saying it, I was like, <gasps> There's a scene in episode two where the, the Harfoots use, the Harfoots use jars of, uh, fireflies as, like, lights. That's how they, like, they use them as lanterns. And there's a scene where uh, the being that crashes from the sky opens the jar and seems to communicate with the fireflies. He kind of whispers to them and then they listen to him. Which is, if you watch your, your Lord of the Rings, there's another character that has the ability to to talk to animals and give I'm them so little messages. Right now. I might cry. I'm so... No. Well, there's... There are, there are five. I don't know. I so can't believe I'm such which, a slow burn on that. We right, don't know okay, which right, of the uh -huh. five. Whatever. Saruman traditionally is thought to be the first to arrive. But it doesn't feel like a Saruman character to me. Well, yeah, things could be happening uh, at different. Um, this is going to be really places. annoying for you, Jason. This is going to turn the tables on the, all those episodes where you got super deep into Star Wars lore because me and Lon yeah. are going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I can dig it. I'm totally here for it. I think, you know, I was Let's talking about yeah. yeah. So we're following Elrond and Galadriel and the, the high elves and their sort of take. We're going to follow this strange, the stranger, as they're calling him and the hobbits, and what they're up to. And it would also make sense. That character has a lot of affection for hobbits. It would make sense if they first arrived yeah, sure. and I mean... got to know the Harfoots first. Uh, I play poker with uh, an iconic uh, media mogul. Um, say top five to seven in the history of media. And wow. I played poker with him the last two nights and hung out. And we had and we sat, we sat sit next to each other at poker tables. We like to chat. Um, and um, he said... Uh, you know that he uh, 
really was taken with game of uh, house of the dragon thought you know a lot of things okay um but i was talking to him about the economics of it and that's what i wanted to get into here so i have some insights mm-hmm, from top mm-hmm. top five seven mo- media mogul in history uh that i can sort of uh, convey here without saying who he is the first thing he told me you know when i was like it's like a billion dollars like why would they do this molly and he said you know this is a bezos vanity play essentially yeah. has nothing yeah. to do with reality there is no there this does not pencil out it is not intended to pencil out this is a a, 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 a ceo play like a vanity ceo you know tentpole strategy it had nothing to do with the reality of ever being able to for this to pencil out because uh, even though there's a this reported billion dollar number out here they spent and i don't know if this is public knowledge or not but 250 million on the license for the ip you know let's mm-hmm. just pause that's out there so yeah. that is a just to pause for a second a quarter yeah. of a billion dollars to the token estate and time warner which shares it or whatever it's called warner mm-hmm. they received 250 million dollars in cash for the story for the ip let's just let that sink in for a second that has nothing to do with one paintbrush on one backdrop one actor salary one makeup kit and it's just, bear in mind too, it's just for the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. It's not for all of Tolkien's other writings. So they right. can't adapt stuff from the Cimmerillion. They like, yeah. they're limited. So it, they didn't even buy all of the guy's work. They don't even own the whole library. Th- this is extraordinary to me. $250 yeah. million dollars for a piece of IP. What this got me thinking is like, but how long did it take for that IP to bake? So when is the source material from? Does anybody know the, the year? Yeah. Uh, would have been the 30s? So, so anyway, basically, it was he was back from World War One, a few years in between. It's got to be he was working on it in the 20s, uh, probably published by late 20s, early 30s, The Hobbit, and then Lord of the Rings would have followed many years later. Pretty extraordinary. I don't know if any IP has ever had a hundred year. um, What would you call that when something stews, uh, something shelf life or percolating? I like like, like a, a marinade. And then one year chunk of it, just one chunk of that piece of steak. Quarter of a billion dollars. A quarter of a billion dollars. For I mean, um, one bottle is, of wine that's marinated for a hundred years. We have IP that's marinated for a hundred years and still entertaining people, Molly. He's, he's, in a, he's in a little bit of an interesting culture place just because it's, it's a foundational text for a whole genre. Like as yeah. opposed to, yeah. there are yeah. a lot of books that were written in the 20s that people still read, you know, Theodore Dreiser or whatever. But like, he created this entire format that people are still writing new stories in today. And it re- it's a foundational. If you're into did, the fantasy genre, you kind of have to read Tolkien. So just point of privilege. It, did, did the concept of a dwarf or an elf or a hobbit exist before Tolkien used those terms? Sure. Yes, yeah, they did. So there's, the whole, there's the whole like who he's who he borrowed heavily from. Right. There was yeah. that other there was that existing hmm. work. Okay. Yeah. What oh, there's it? so many. I mean, I don't know. There's don't so know many. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'll look he up, was yeah. a scholar. I mean, you have to think of it like he was a linguist and a historian. Right. Got so it. yeah, he was like borrowing little elements from this myth and that myth and this folklore and that culture. And that. So almost everything from Lord of the Rings was inspired by a Norse legend or an old English poem or that. Mm-hmm. It's like, and he was that, he had that kind of mind. Like he was like a genius. And yeah. so- yeah, and in fact, in Marvel, full of all of this stuff that it's all baked into this one world. And in fact, in Marvel, yeah. Thor as a character exists as a god, and yeah, we could no, all right. go make a Thor story today. It just couldn't be well, Thor the superhero. They, it was free. 
mean, yeah. you were Stan yeah. Lee and Jack Kirby back you in the fifties. You, you gotta you gotta crank out four issues before lunch. It's like, what story can we do? Ah, what about that Anything. guy? He's got a hammer. Go to, go to ancient history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think so, that's what's so funny. We're so reverent about comic book stories today. And it's like, those guys were. So Ditko was like, ah, Spider-Man, he goes to the moon. Okay. <laughs> like, they had 10 minutes, you know? They got like, their corned beef sandwiches out. on the way. They got to like grand this out. And today we're so <laughs> precious about, oh, you can't. Thanos wouldn't do that. It's Thanos. canon. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, they were making it up. But yeah, so reportedly, I mean, I like, well, I love this thread too about the Bezos vanity play because reportedly he did effectively issue this order, like go get me a Game of Thrones. We need a thing like that for Amazon. And so uh, no expense has been spared. The series we think cost $58 million per episode, 465 million total for all of uh, season one's eight episodes. So including the IP, Amazon has spent more than $700 million Mm. on season Mm. one. So there's some back of the envelope math here that we can do about, I mean, again, like it doesn't seem like it particularly matters to Amazon or Bezos, at least who is not in charge anymore. So you got to wonder what Andy Jassy's thinking. (laughs) Like now he's saddled (laughs) with this thing, right? He's like, I guess we're riding this horse now to the tune of however many billions. It doesn't seem to matter them to them, whether it, uh, ever breaks even or makes money or whatever. However, if Amazon prime costs $140 a year, $15 a month, then 3.3 million prime subscriptions, assuming new ones, assuming like for whatever reason, 3.3 years were to sign up. Yeah. Or years years. of, of, right. So if it was a million who stayed for three years, it would be similar, right? right? That would pay for the production cost. Yeah. Not the IP to put the 250 on top. So, yeah, if you yeah. put, it would but be fifty percent like, more. So it'd be like five million to to break even here. To, and that would be to my friend who's in the media business. That's the penciling out. Like the number actually at some point makes sense. Is that even possible? Do, 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 is there any credible number of incremental Amazon Prime Or I suppose Molly, you could also say people who didn't cancel because to get this, yeah, if you were and some number of people I guess cancel Prime. I don't think many people do. I think it's a pretty sticky product. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's very hard to tell this because people don't buy Prime for Prime Video, but in this case, how many people do we think would buy Prime Video who don't have it to get this? People would, I think, right? I think people would. It, it is five it's million very, of them. Yeah, it's very hard to quantify in those kind of numbers, and I don't think five million oh, of them would. I would also note, though, that. Uh, Amazon's strategy has kind of shifted in the early days when they were first competing with Netflix. They were trying to keep up with Netflix. They were releasing new shows constantly every week. This big new thing, they've, they've pumped the brakes. There's fewer Amazon originals and a lot of them are more cost effective. Like the League of Their Own was the other big and recent Amazon original. You know, they, they, there's some production value behind it, but it's nothing like what they're doing here. So they're kind of picking their battles more these days. Obviously, The Boys has turned into a big franchise for them, and they're putting a lot of energy there. They made a big play with that Wheel of Time show that's going to come back and do season two. That one, to me, feels like more of a maybe questionable call at this point. I don't really know if it had that kind of impact, but I feel like they are kind of slowing down, and so they can focus more on these level these huge projects that are going to bring in, you know, ho- theoretically a lot more attention. 
I'm really curious to see if this strategy remains. I really am because Jassy is not this kind of CEO. Like Bezos, I think, you know, he got the Hollywood bug hard. And you saw this, who, there's some other, I'll think of it. There's some other media property where it was like clear that they had gotten the Hollywood bug and they wanted to go really big Hollywood. And then it just was Mm -hmm. like, that's not the right play here. I have a hard time believing that Andy Jassy over time, I think it's going to be a slow, you know, like backpedal away from, because throwing money into the black hole that is entertainment is not a long-term growth strategy. Like we have just never seen that really, really work. And if you're Amazon and you're printing money with cloud and, you know, like retail is almost its own kind of break-even business. I just, I wonder how much longer, I just wouldn't get attached to Amazon originals, I guess is what I'm saying here. Okay. Um, I guess what we have to look at here is, this is, uh, we, we can look at the profitability of Amazon as a corporation, all stools of the, all legs of the stools, three, mm-hmm. four legs, whatever it is. And we could say dropping a billion dollars of cash on something that is this, you know, uh, discussable every year. Uh, like he did on James Bond, right? So I would say it, throwing money into the black hole is correct unless the IP has staying power, like we've seen with Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, or perhaps, you know, some a- iconic HBO IP, like DC Comics. So here's how I look at it. They're actually spending a billion dollars here. I know that we, they got the $500 million number for production. They get the $250 million license. They've also been promoting the heck out of this. It's got to be a $100 million oh, yeah. marketing spent oh, here. right. Very so I, that's where I think the billion dollar number comes in. We're like, where's the other 250? I think the 250 is these billboards you're seeing. Like, so they're really yeah. ca- trying to make the Amazon name out there. So if you want to be loved by a large number of people for delighting them with IP that just, you know, is not, d- makes no logical sense. And they're spending here, if it is a billion dollar number, $2 million per minute, $120 million per episode not just you know 50 60 million because we, ha- we ha- it's eight episodes into a billion it's probably the number here right so we're, we're we're over 100 million per episode 125 million in fact which for 60 minutes is two million dollars a minute dollars a minute god now uh-huh. i'm gonna pause every single minute <laughs> and look for the two million dollars in every scene <laughs> i think you could i think you know it's uh well you, you can know, see and, it and remember half of it's not there because it's for marketing and IP rights. But anyway, the other the other amazing thing here is no marquee stars. Usually when you think of your spending correct, is correct. that crazy. No Robert Downey it, Jr. Half of it's just Brad Pitt's quote, you we know, no George Clooney like, here. No they're Angelina. doing this like the nobody from this show is, you know, recognized like they're as cat character actors and stuff, but they didn't, I yeah, believe, they didn't get Ian McKellen mm-hmm, to come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. I believe this is an incremental 1 million subscribers. I, I do believe there are a million fans of token here in the United States. I'm not, I don't, I can't even venture to what's happening outside of the U S and I don't know exactly which markets Amazon prime exists in outside the U S cause it, it's not every country. Mm-hmm. Amazon, I mean, it's a, they're around most of the world at this point, but prime. the Amazon prime for delivery, Amazon doesn't operate in every country because you know, there's, there's Walmarts and targets right. I just mean, of but prime the, video. Actually, at the prime video there, does, are, yes. there are some, it, Countries that don't have the prime video delivery, but they carry the Amazon programming on another service. So I'm going to go with the number of million. If I go with the number of million, and I think, you know, half of them stick around for good, which is, you know, they stick around for five, 10 years. That means cumulatively, I think there's maybe three 
million years of prime. 3 million years of prime, 100 million, $150 total per year, $100 per year, maybe some outside the United States. I think there's three or $400 million in incremental revenue here. I think there's a third of this gets paid off and the other half or to two thirds is a yeah, wash. Does that happen every season? Like if you do season well, two? Well, yes, season I three, do think it does. I do. in every year? No, I think it could. I think if it builds, it could. And, th and that's, yeah. I think, what I mean, we'll also How many seasons should there be here? Is this a five season I mean, I type have, thing or a three season type thing? Do we, do we have I don't really have a sense at this point of how big a story they're telling. Anyway, I mean, I, right. I don't know if you, right. they even know at this point. We're, no, we're definitely getting at least one more season. If you, and probably would this is 5% of the income of say aws you know like mm -hmm. the profits eh, yeah it, you you and maybe it's if the loss is seven percent you know is 70 percent of five three percent so to make everybody in the company feel great to make the world love you to take a swing at the bat i kind of like it i like it i think it's a fine you know hail mary so we're looking purely at this as a prime video sign up play but they are also reviving interest in this valuable ip that they will own for moving forward so the idea that if you get a bunch of people into lord of the rings again you could sell books or merch or experiences or video games or but did, did they own, know, the, like, they own the fellowship of the ring and the two towers as part of this did they i think i think they own yeah. uh the lord of the rings books so i think they could do stuff with other stuff that's in those books they don't own the other the extended universe stuff but I, yeah if they wanted to down the road remake the lord of the rings as a movie or something or a tv I believe series that they i right i believe that they could i think that's part of Fantastic. it so all right um, yeah, there it is. I like, I like, like yeah. a tie-in game or a, you know ride or a show or a this you know like that like that's definitely something that Amazon disney is coming soon yeah, like they're, they're, Disney's already mastered this and they're thinking of it on a much bigger level. I'm timestamping this right now. No way. <laughs> We're going to get two seasons of this show and then oh. it's going to, and then Jassy is going to be all cloud all the time. He is a server guy. This is going to be a distraction. I, what, what would happen at Amazon Prime Land? Like you'd pack boxes, like you go in, you put your Amazon outfit on, you pack boxes, you tape them and throw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we got to get Jason. We got to no get Jason breaks. to a flight, but I will be caught up okay. on what's happening in House of the Dragon by next week. Right, we'll be caught up on tomorrow, Lord of the Rings and we'll uh, see you tomorrow, everybody. Thanks, Lon. <laughs>